Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, here we are again. Um, We're looking at Proverbs chapter 1 and uh, starting in verse 20 and going all the way to the end of the chapter. And I think we've got maybe one or two more studies before we make our way to chapter 2. And I assure you that the content in this last part is absolutely necessary for us to understand uh, just what we've been going through to demonstrate how important it is to listen to the Word of God, to listen to God's wisdom, which, as you should know now, means also not only to hear, but to respond correctly. Let's uh, read in verse 20 to the end of the chapter. Wisdom shouts in the street. Wisdom lifts her voice in the square at the head of the noisy streets. She cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And and one of the things that's most important here is that I pray that, uh, that he would increase our fear of him and our awareness of how how grave consequences can be when we neglect the Word of God. Let's, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank you for the promises, and I thank you for the warnings, the instruction, the rebuke. Father, I pray that you would increase our fear of thee, that we would walk in obedience to your commands. But always, Father, I pray that you would turn these young people to Christ, that the end of the law, the end of wisdom, the goal of everything is to know him, to know you. Oh, dear God, please work in this lesson for your glory and your people's good. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, let's begin. We have gone over several things. In our last lesson, uh, we were in verse 24 and 25, and we were talking about the danger of neglecting 
neglecting uh, God's word, God's wisdom, and that it's not we don't we don't neglect the word of God simply by clenching our fist and shaking it in the face of God or telling our parents we want nothing more to do with their religion. We can neglect the word of God just by being careless, neglectful, unconcerned, apathetic of having no desire to know what God has said. As, as we see in other places in Scripture where men have said, you know, we desire no knowledge of the Holy One. Just just go away. Um, I've also mentioned that um, I've taught young people and, and seen them, you know, staring at me, seemingly listening intently, nodding their head, and yet know that they're walking in rebellion. So it's not just simply hearing and uh, nodding our head, or even speaking about the benefits of virtue and obedience. But the goal is actually to practice what we, what we hear. And, and now, um, we come to a place in Scripture that's kind of unusual, because we have all these passages where God is demonstrating His mercy, that He's constantly calling out, that He's constantly giving second chances and third chances and fourth chances, that he does not desire the death of the wicked. He, um, he says, oh, that they had a heart, that they would follow me. God's desire is to do good to people. And wrath, judgment, uh, in some of the older translations, is called God's strange work. It's not something that he delights in doing. But here we have in verse 26 and, and verse 28 something I've entitled Wisdom's Scorn. And uh, let's read it again, verse 26. Um, I will also laugh. Now why? Let's look at 25. You neglected my counsel. You did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Now, this doesn't mean that... that uh, when people break God's law and end up hurting themselves severely or, or even destroying themselves, that God, who is in heaven, laughs. He has said over and over he does not desire the death of the wicked. His desire is that, that people walk in obedience to him. The point that's being made here is that the rejection of wisdom, the neglect of wisdom, can have irreversible consequences. As I mentioned, the old preachers would sometimes talk about there's a payday someday, that sooner or later you can cross a line into which even if you repent genuinely and you, you're converted and, and you begin to walk with the Lord, there are still consequences from your past decisions that may follow you the rest of your life. Now, I, uh, I've always tried to have a really good relationship with my children. And, um, you know, uh, whenever they were afraid, I would tell them, I'm here. Or if they felt like there was a bear outside the house or something, I would say, don't worry, your father will take care of the bear. I've always wanted them to know that they were safe in my home. But as they grew older, I also told them something that has it's really impacted them, and, and rightly so. I, I've told them that, listen, there can come a time when you do certain things outside of the will of God, 
and the consequences for those actions, even if you're very, very sorry for what you've done, the consequences of those actions cannot be avoided. And I've told him, I said, now listen to me. You could end up doing something sinful, very wrong, and you're trapped in it. And you look to me and you say, Father, please help me. And even though I want to help you, even though I want to give my life for you, I'll have to look at you and say, I'm sorry. There is nothing that I can do. Now, that's a terrifying thought, but it's true. Now, let me give you an example of, of what I, I mean by that. Imagine that a parent tells you and the, the law, the policeman, um, tell you, do not drink and drive. Do not drink and drive. Everyone, whether they're a Christian, a non-Christian, atheist, pagan, whatever you call it, would, would say that's a, that's a good rule. Okay, that's a law. And if you drink and drive, you will be given a ticket, maybe even arrested. But if you drink and you drive and you do something that brings harm to others, let's say that you decide not to listen and you drink and you drive and, and you're in a car accident and your best friend in the car dies or a family that was driving in another car is terribly injured or some, some are actually killed. Now, your parent would at that moment trade places with you, but your parent can't. Um, even if you promise never to do it again, and even if the, the, the officials of, of the law and the government are, are very sad for, for what is happening to your life, they're all going to look at you and say, we're sorry. There is nothing that can be done. We can't bring your friend back who died. We can't bring the family back who died. We can't bring make your injuries go away. And we also cannot deny the law. And because of that law, you're going to have to spend a great many years in prison. Do you see that's that's a terrible illustration, but it's it's what I want you to see, young people, that even, you know, you're in prison and, and God, of course, can forgive you and God can uh, change your life and God can maybe greatly use you in one way or another. Those consequences will not be changed. You will be in prison and right, rightfully so. No one can trade places with you, no matter how much they love you. They can't get you out of there. You have crossed a line. Now, that was a kind of a really dramatic illustration, but how many times has it happened? It's not a fantasy. It has happened over and over. And to see a child behind bars saying, Daddy, help me. And the father saying, I simply cannot. I would die for you. That would do you no good. And so what I want you to see, children uh, and young people, that that um, don't be afraid to live in this world. Don't be paralyzed by fear. But know, and don't be paralyzed to, to make decisions. I mean, we can make a decision to go to the grocery and something could happen. That's just how life is. Yet at the same time, the book of Proverbs is given to us to protect us in those ways that we can be protected. Um, many people believe today that moral choices aren't important, you know, as long as it isn't hurting somebody, but it always does end up hurting somebody. 
It'll end up hurting you, hurting your family, hurting some bystander. And it, there are certain things that cannot be avoided. We will all agree with that. You can do due diligence. You can do your best. And still, things sometimes just turn out, well, not the way we would choose. But there are so many things that happen in this world, and they happen because of disobedience. Someone will say, oh, that person was so young. You know, why did they have to die in that car accident? And, and when someone says something like that, we shouldn't bring up immediately certain things. We should have some, some compassion about ourselves. You shouldn't always point out errors. But it may be, yes, that person was killed in a car accident because they did not listen to certain commands of Scripture or even certain human laws that would have caused them not to get in that car. So there are consequences. There are small ones that may just make us groan a bit or wince or have to go back and ask for forgiveness or apologize. But then there are others from which there there is no return. And so wisdom tells you don't do that. And you keep neglecting, keep neglecting, keep neglecting wisdom. You keep acting like you're not hearing or it's not important or I'll be all right. Don't worry about me. And then this happens and you cry out to wisdom, help me. And wisdom cannot help you, not with these consequences, because it's already a done. It's a done deal. It's happened. Now, once you're there, you can start learning wisdom again. And hopefully because of this horrible experience, you realize how fearful life can be without wisdom. And you begin to follow wisdom again. But that doesn't mean that all the things are going to go away. All the consequences are going to go away. Even if you devote yourself in a tremendous way to wisdom afterwards, there can still be consequences. Now, remember what I've said over and over and over again. One of the main ideas of not just Proverbs, but all the scriptures is learn and live. You don't have to experience something to learn it. Um, it's one of the reasons why, even outside of Christianity, why we should study history. Why? Because if we're ignorant of the mistakes that have led to terrible things in history, then we're most likely to repeat them again. But if we can look at what's happened in history that turned out very, very wrong, and we learn from it, then maybe we can avoid uh, the same problem, you see. So you don't have to put a gun to your head that's loaded to know that it is ex extremely dangerous to do so. You can learn wisdom and never put a gun to your head or to anyone else for that matter. Oh, listen to me. You know, I um, sometimes I look at my children and, and I think I love them so much. And there's so much from which I wish I could protect them. But I know that even they, sooner or later, will find themselves in the darkness of the night weeping over a choice they made that they should not have made. Or a suffering that they are suffering that they could have avoided. Now, it doesn't mean that you can avoid everything. That's not what I'm saying. Or that if you follow Proverbs perfectly, your life won't have any problems. That is not the purpose of Proverbs. But I am saying... The neglect of wisdom 
And the violation of God's commands has consequences. In the same way that eating poorly, not exercising, or disobeying the laws of the land have tremendous consequences. Now, so wisdom's scorn, that's what we should understand in verses 26 through 28. But then I want us to look for a moment at verses 28 through 32. It says, well, let's look at 27 first before we go on. I want to look at something. Look, it's, your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. Sometimes we get the benefit of seeing uh, dangers approaching. We see that we've made some wrong, unwise, unbiblical choices, some immoral choices, and we can see danger starting to arise and we can take that as a warning and we can go back and we can straighten out the problem. Okay, that's a difficult situation. It sometimes requires a lot of work to straighten out the problem, but at least you're warned and you see the danger coming. But there are other times when, when the consequences of our poor choices, look what it says. It says, uh, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When, when, when you're out on the Amazon and you're in an uncovered boat, say an 18-footer or 20-footer, and it has no covering on it. And it's something that can really happen. The sun will be out shining, and, and it just seems like, oh, great day. You're in the middle of the river. You're trying to, trying to stay away from debris, and you're trying to make your way to a village. And a storm can come up. In the Amazon, it's not a little stream. I mean, in some places, it's miles across. And a storm comes up. And you know those storms can be so violent and they can pour out so much rain that the moment you see it coming, you have to make a beeline, as we say, directly for the shore. Because I've seen cases where the boat almost goes under. It's filled up with so much water, not just from the waves that are coming up, but from the amount of precipitation that's falling out of the sky. And so the moment you see it, it's terrifying. And sometimes you know, it's never been the case with me, but it's been the case with others. They did not take the warning quick enough, or they simply did not have enough time to react. And so, yeah, some people say, okay, I'm going to do this, and if I get in trouble, well, I'll, be, I'll see it coming, and I'll be able to figure it out. Well, sometimes that may be the case, but you're tempting God. You're being very foolish in doing that. And you need to know that sometimes, no, it comes upon you like a whirlwind. In, in one moment, everything is going great. In the very next moment, it is like the rug has been pulled out from under your feet, that your whole world is collapsing. Now, again, don't live in some paralyzing fear about life and recognize that things will happen that aren't pleasant. But so much can be avoided by following wisdom and by following God's commands. Now, he says here um, in verses 28 through 32, let's let's read those. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, 
I want you to notice something. It's almost as though, okay, you realize that throughout this, even when people have been disobedient, wisdom keeps talking to them. He keeps calling out to them. He keeps talking to them. And now we see that it changes. Wisdom is no longer talking to them. Wisdom is talking about them. As an example to others. Now that is a terrifying reality. When your life becomes an example to others, a biblical example to others, with regard to how a person should not live and the consequences of neglecting wisdom. Now, I hope that that kind of settles into your heart what I'm talking about, young person, that you want to be an example that people can point to and say, you know, that's how you need to direct your life. No, that's not the smartest guy in the world and and is not the handsomest or the strongest or or not the whatever, the wealthiest. But you can see a fullness in his life. And he's an example to be followed with regard to wisdom. And you can be that way. And that, that's a wonderful place to be by the grace of God. Or it can be other parents looking, pointing to you and saying to their children. Not to you, but to their children. You see that person? Don't be like that. They are now reaping what they have sown. And so it's basically here in verses 28 through 32. It's as though wisdom is saying, look at them. Hey, the rest of you, they didn't listen. They refused to listen to my voice. Now, the rest of you. I want you to look at them as an example of what will happen to you if you do the same thing. Now, this is one of the, I guess, the hardest things I've said in this study to you young people, but I'm saying it because it's true and because you need to listen to it. It says, look at them in verse 29. They hated knowledge. Don't you be like that. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. They, they chose this. I don't I don't care to know God and I don't reverence God. And maybe they wouldn't say that with their mouth. But they definitely said it with their life and their choices. Verse 30, they would not accept my counsel and they spurned all my reproof. Don't be like that. Don't be like them. How would you like God's wisdom to be using you as an example to other children with regard how you should not be? How a person should not be. Verse 31, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Paul says, look, don't be don't mock God. God is not mocked. God's not tricked. You are going to reap what you sow. And you may say, well, there are some things I've sown and I haven't reaped. You haven't reaped yet. Also know this. If you do not reap because God is merciful in certain situations, you do not reap the full measure of what you've sown. It's just due to God's grace and God's mercy. And you don't want to tempt that. You, 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 you don't want to do that. They shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. They're going to have the wrong things they wanted in full. You know, um, there's a kind of a well, it's it's a wisdom. You know, Jesus said um, to the Pharisees about the Pharisees that they didn't care about the glory of God. They wanted the glory of men. And you know, what's amazing. He says 
and they'll, they're going to get just what they want. Isn't that amazing? That the judgment of God in that case is God is giving them exactly what they want. They just don't know that what they want is a terrible thing. They did not want the glory of God. They did not want God. They didn't care about the praise of God or showing reverence to God. They just wanted other people to think highly of them. And you know what? God gave them their request. God let others honor them, but he did not honor them. And in the end, all their honor for men had no eternal value and just resulted in judgment. You see, so yeah, he'll give you in full what you wanted. But if you wanted bad, dangerous things, well, you'll be satiated with them. You'll be fed them to the full. Imagine wanting evil and then being force fed more evil than you could ever want. I know that sounds hard, but it's a reality. Children, not, children and young people, college students and adults, whoever's watching this, I'm not saying this to be a smart aleck. I'm saying it because there are terrible realities in life. And that, um, yeah, things have consequences. They really, really do. They really do. I don't think any of us will know, including myself, and I'm not sure I want to know how much loss has been in my life because of not being wise, because of um, sin. Yeah, it has consequences. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, I'm going to heaven. But there are consequences on this earth to actions. And he says, Verse 32, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, look at this. Kill them. Destroy them. Do you see this is, as a friend of mine used to say, this is no baby's game. This is not a, just a superficial let's get our best life now. This is the difference between life and death, prosperity, destruction, heaven, hell. We can just go on and on and on. A destroyed life, a blessed life, destroyed families, blessed families. There's just no way to exaggerate this. The waywardness. What does that mean? It says the waywardness of the naive. Remember the simpleton? He's a simpleton because he just doesn't want to learn. And he doesn't want to learn because he doesn't want to find out anything that's going to contradict his sinful desires. He has waywardness, a constantly turning out of the way. You know, it says in Isaiah, we all like sheep have gone astray. It's like constantly God saying, going, th go this way, go this way. And the naive is just wayward. He says, no, I'm going this way. I'm going this way. And even if you show them throughout history, has it ever gone well for anybody who's done this? No, but I'm going this way. Why? Because I would rather be Lord of my life, even if it means my own destruction, than to submit to the Lord who made me. Now, that's not rational, but sin is never rational. So the waywardness of the naive, it won't just, oh, you're not going to be everything you ought to be. No, it says it'll kill them. It'll kill them. Uh, again, then it says, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Now, the word complacency here I thought was interesting. So we're going to look at it. It says um, complacency. Okay. In the New English translation, careless ease. That they're at ease because they're careless. They're just resting and they don't see a problem because they're ignorant. 
Okay, it's like a guy sitting in the middle of a burning house and he's asleep or watching television without a worry in the world. Why? Because of his ignorance. He doesn't realize he's in a house that is being consumed by flames. All right. So the just nonchalant attitude, the nonchalant attitude of the fool will kill him. You know, we see that, you know, uh, in some national parks, especially where I live. You know, there's some beautiful parks here in Virginia and, uh, you know, mountains and cliffs and lookout places. And in some of those lookout places, there are signs everywhere. And, and what are they saying? Be careful. Don't, don't get any closer. Look, there could be an avalanche or you could slip and fall. Don't come any closer. And what does the fool do? I don't need to listen to that. I can handle it. I'm not. That doesn't scare me. I'm at peace about going farther. And those are the very people that you read about in the newspaper, aren't they? They fell off. They died. They got swept away. We have some beautiful kayaking rivers here. You have to be very careful and you have to go where they tell you to go and don't go where they tell you not to. But then some people just go, Who, who's anybody to tell me where to go? I, I don't see any problem with this river and they don't see underneath the river where the experts can see. And, and, and a lot of people, too many people die on our rivers. I'm always pointing this way. <laughs> the river's right over there. I can see it out my window. Um, and so it's, it's a careless ease. It's a self-sufficiency. I, I don't need an authority to tell me anything. I know what I'm doing. Uh, remember how I told you that, you know, I was able to go into so many jungles, not because I know a whole lot about the jungle, because honestly, I don't. But because I was always with Peruvian brethren or missionaries with great experience, and I always went with them. And as long as I did what they told me to do, I was pretty much okay. Um, a careless security. That's another thing. I'm, you know, you know, someone says, I'm not afraid. And then you say to them, well, you should be. <laughs> you really should be afraid. There are some things to fear. They're worthy of fear, and that fear will actually save your life. I'm not afraid of that 3,000 bull, 3,000 pound bull charging at me. Guess what? You need to be, because that fear just may save your life. Also, um, in uh, his commentary on Toy's commentary on Proverbs, he says it is a repose, which means a a rest, okay, that is gained by ignoring or neglecting the serious responsibilities of life people just being oblivious. You understand what I'm saying? Just oblivious to, to responsibility, oblivious to discovering what is good and what is bad, what is wholesome, what's dangerous. The laws of the land, the laws of nature, and especially the laws of God, they just say, I don't care about knowing all those things. And then they wonder why they got a speeding ticket or why they fell off a cliff or why their lives are destroyed. You see, it's a, it's a careless type of ease. Now, we need to bring this to a close. My goodness, we're already at 30 minutes. Um, but I want to close. Let's just look. Even though we've come to the end of this chapter, and, and we've seen so many times when Proverbs is called out, and so many times when no one listened, and even now with judgment and everything that else that comes from that, the consequences, look how this chapter ends. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. 
It's almost as though Proverbs continues to call out to all of us and say, listen, don't be like the fool. Don't be like the, the simpleton. Don't be like the scoffer and the mocker. Now, this final plea, I want to just read what I have here. It does not mean that the wise will never pass through trials. That's not what it means. We live in a fallen world that is still wonderful in many ways, but can be very, very dangerous at the same time. So it does not mean that the wise will never pass through trials, but that the wise will avoid the self-inflicted wounds of the fool. Okay? Um, I may go to the to the store tonight and get beat up in the parking place, but that's get beating beat up in the parking lot. I mean, um, because some guys are just there and I'm there at the wrong time. Uh, but there's a big difference between that and being a belligerent person who goes into taverns and starts mocking and cussing everyone and getting in a fight every night. Do you see there are things that are going to happen to people who even practice wisdom yet? There are those who suffer many self-inflicted wounds because they're foolish, because they simply do not follow the wisdom and the law of God. So wisdom cries out to you, doesn't it? And to me, and even after all these years, as I'm teaching you, I'm thinking, oh, I should have known this book in a better way, even now and earlier in my life. It would have saved me from many, many difficulties. Well, God bless you. And guess what? I think I don't know how many lessons we've done. We're in the mid-20s, I think. And we got through chapter one. Um, but I hope it's been a blessing. And next time we'll pick it up in chapter two. So God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about Park Cry Missionary Society.